morning on the West Coast and a great day to you wherever and whenever you may be listening. My name is Jason Dice, broadcasting and podcasting live from the studio of EloquentOnline.net in beautiful, snowy New Braunfels, Texas, Republic thereof, now more than ever. This is a special edition of the Power Performance Podcast, Banking 2031. COVID-19 compressed 10 years of inevitable changes into one And history is, you can change with it, or you can get changed by it. Tesla's purchase of $1.5 billion in cryptocurrency is big news, and there will be more of it. The future is now. Plan accordingly. This is conference quality information without the rubber chicken dinner, without the hangover, and without the expense report. This is the Power Performance Podcast. All right, so what does it all mean? And John Ungerland is joining us. He is with Deland Cuso, and he had a very compelling article out on LinkedIn earlier this week. Poof. Financial institutions just lost another couple billion in loans and deposits. And the trend is just getting started. As I said, history is change with it or get changed by it. Tesla's purchase of 1.5 billion Bravo phonetically with a B in cryptocurrency is a big deal. When does the rumor become the reality? Three years ago, Bitcoin was a rumor to many of us. John, does this make it a reality? Yeah, that's a really good question, Jason, and it's something that we care about because, you know, we want to see uh, community financial institutions um, remain at the nexus of their community and commerce. And um, I think what we see in this kind of announcement is that very large brands um, who, you know, uh, convey a lot of goods into the market are realizing that there's an entire pool of uh, consumers out there who have amassed wealth um, outside of the banking system. So it's a few things, I think. Um, I, I think there's a few things represented in this announcement. It demonstrates that a very modern, very forward-looking, um, very innovative organization is banking, you know, pun intended, on uh, transactions taking place outside of the banking system, um, that they, they believe that they'll be able to sell and probably finance cars uh, without the dollar and without financial institutions. Uh, and that should be, you know, quite terrifying to financial institutions that want to keep adding value to their local economies and helping their communities uh, in, in increase wealth and transactions and commerce. So, you know, I, I, I tend to uh, think that rumor has become reality, if you will, a great way to put it when Elon Musk is leading organizations and consumers to doing transactions outside of the banking system. And that's what that announcement, uh, you know, uh, I guess portends or, or uh, says. As I've watched the social media feed from a lot of credit union leaders, um, I'm alarmed, to be perfectly honest. I can't tell if a lot of these credit unions are in the banking business anymore or in the diversity, equity, and inclusion business. And take it from someone who fell asleep at the wheel while driving down California's Highway 101 and rolled his car six times and got out without a scratch. This is the time to be wide awake. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I think this is what's happening, Jason. I think that um, financial institutions have, you know, fallen asleep at the wheel of the money business. 
and in, and since the 1970s and 80s, financial institutions who are really there to you know provide transactional and money services to communities have um, gotten extremely lethargic about keeping track of what's happening to money. And so we've fallen into this trap where we believe that we're in the dollar business, right, the U.S. dollar business, and to, and to a large extent we have been for the last 30 or 40 years. But I think what this type of announcement says is that major companies and droves of consumers are more concerned about money and value and the best a method of commerce they can get to improve their lives, and they don't really care about an accidental attachment to the dollar business versus the money and the value business that banks are supposed to be in. Um, and I do believe that this is, you know, one, of, one other dynamic that I think is going on with this announcement about Tesla, you know, buying cryptocurrency. Um, financial institutions have ignored uh, cryptocurrency because they've thought that it's about an underbelly economy or it's about, you know, an alternative investment or it's about, you know, a, a different type of payment. Um, but I think what we're really seeing now is that with these kinds of announcements, cryptocurrency is, uh, um, uh, I guess, uh, making inroads on all three critical prongs of banking. So if you're a community bank, mm -hmm. you, make money off, you, you make money off of lending you make money off of transactions, right? And you make money off of relationships with commercial and consumer entities. That's how you do that. And what this does is it sets up a whole, it sets up a whole ecosystem for billions of dollars of, of transactions and money for one merchant, one, billions of dollars for one merchant where loans, payments and transactions and deposits now all live outside the ecosystem. And like you said, this is just the beginning. You know, what, what, who will be next? Is it, is it Apple? Is it Amazon? Is it Google? And then how many billions of, of, you know, loans, transactions, and deposits will they take out of the banking ecosystem with their announcement? So I've been talking to uh, financial institution execs for years about this trend and that they need to be aware of it. And, and the reality is that a lot of them have ignored it because it hasn't impacted their loan dollars or their plastic card transactions. Uh, but this type of announcement says that, you know, those are now up for grabs. Once again, tick tock. Back in 2004, I was giving my award-winning Generations keynote performance up in Colorado for a credit union, an all-employee event on Columbus Day. And a young teller came up to me afterwards. And because I talked a lot about generational things and generational changes, she asked me, have you ever heard of Netflix? I had, in my generational ignorance, no idea what Netflix was on Columbus Day, circa 2004. She explained, oh, they send you these DVDs in the mail, you get them in two days, there's no late fees, and you can return them after you've watched the movies or whenever you want. And I said, well, we have a blockbuster in New Braunfels, Texas, so that's no big deal. Well, we don't have a New Braunfels blockbuster location anymore, and I do send Netflix 17 or $18 a month for the privilege of watching the same shows over and over again. And so I asked John, if this trend is as big as it appears to be, why are banking brands so slow to understand that? You know, your parallel to Blockbuster there is, is really interesting. I think a lot of people listening might think, oh, well, that's cliche. Everybody's been predicting well, that the banks are the next Blockbuster. 
you know, but it is, it's extremely fascinating because it, it connects to this, uh, this uh, thing I'm suggesting that uh, community financial institutions and banks are, you know, any financial institution is really in the money business, not the dollar business. And I think what, what these companies and these consumers who are rapidly adopting digital assets and cryptocurrency are showing us is that we, we do have a rather Blockbuster-esque mentality because Blockbuster forgot, Blockbuster forgot that it was in the movie business. It wasn't in the VHS or DVD business, right? And th same thing for us. If we continue to believe that consumers are always going to use the dollar on, the on a daily schedule through ACH, through plastic cards, through checks, that's, that is the equivalent historically of Blockbuster believing that it's in the VHS tape or the DVD business and, and ignoring streaming, right? Um, it's an it's a important parallel that you're drawing there because that is actually what's happening with money, streaming. Money is becoming part of the Internet, part of Web 3.0. There's probably not going to be any separation between where you store your money and how you spend your money and how you use the Internet. And if banks don't realize that that evolution is coming and that there will be no separation between the consumer and their money, just like there's no longer any separation between the consumer and the video store, then they're not going to be at the nexus of community and money exchange and commerce in the future. They'll be out of business just like Blockbuster, right? <clears throat> I want to take a second here and say just an editorial note. The sounds you hear in the background are me, not John. For whatever reason, when I'm talking to John on the phone, I tend to pace around the studio. I put on a different microphone versus the standalone microphone that I typically use. I just, he, I, he compels me to think, and I think better when I'm walking. Since we're imagining ourselves, not really imagining, literally, banking 2031, 10 years in the future, the future is now, I asked John, February 2031, Bitcoin and cryptocurrency, will they be big players in the banking marketplace? Um, I think it will be a major player in the global economy, and that's another shift that we have to, that's another shift that we have to be willing to make here as uh, bankers in the U.S. in particular. We, we have to surrender this mentality that is, you know, my, like uh, extremely obsessed with a U.S.-centric view, right? Um, so I, so I, I, that's why I answered that way. We tend to think that whatever happens here is happening abroad or whatever we do here is what's happening abroad and, and driving adoption abroad, and that's just not the case anymore. So I think Bitcoin will be a popular global commodity or store of value uh, maybe for global consumers, but I don't believe that it'll be um, under the control of any single nation, state, or bank, which is a whole other concept, right, that money will be set free from governments and will truly be something that is uh, exchanged and used by people as opposed to uh, nations and mega corporations. So that's where, and there's other things to think about there, Jason, to keep an eye on. Like, if we're if we're jumping in the time machine, I suspect that all the geopolitics right now in the world with China and the U.S. and Russia are going to play into whether or not Bitcoin is a predominant crypto, because right now uh, the majority of processing power for Bitcoin is controlled by China. So if the whole world turns its back on China and gets hostile towards China geopolitically, then we'll find other digital assets to replace it. But the reality is that digital assets will continue to increase because people will want to use their wealth 
on the web and in the digital economy. And they're not going to, and they're not going to accept any barrier between using money online and storing money. John is absolutely right, folks. You know, in, in the time that I've been doing this show, the way we communicate has changed. And it's been 11 years since I've been doing this show. The way we communicate has changed. The way we watch television has changed. Watching an entire season on a Saturday afternoon, it can't be so hard to imagine that the way we spend money and purchase things is also going to change. It is changing, and it will be even more transformed by 2031. And so the big money cryptocurrency question for John is, what do community banking brands need to be doing right now? Oh, man, I'm so glad you asked that question. Um, so the banking industry, Jason, in my opinion, has a 30-year-long track record of, uh, quote-unquote, innovating, you know, by buying stuff from third-party vendors. And I'm already seeing this in this cryptocurrency space. I'm seeing vendors pop up that are selling things to banks and credit unions um, to get them, you know, into the cryptocurrency business. Look, this is what financial institutions need to realize. Cryptocurrency is money. That's all, that's all it is. And money is data. We live in a world now where money is data and data is money. And if you're outsourcing that, the storage and processing of that data to somebody else, then you are not the primary player in that money business. They are. So banks and, banks and uh, financial institutions that want to stay relevant to their consumers and their communities, the, the last thing they should be doing is buying anything from a third party as an intermediary to this new world. They need to educate themselves about money being data and data being money and all of it being part of the web. And, uh, you know, we're happy to help them do that. We've got some great uh, courses that we can run them through to teach them about the, the future of money uh, and how money is morphing. But beyond educating themselves, they need to plug, they need to plug their current data, their current, you know, core business into these new networks of value storage and exchange and they need to do that directly if they want to be in the money business. Uh, they, don't, they don't need to repeat the sins of the past of buying platforms and vendors to keep them in the money business because that will just put them in somebody else's business and not at the epicenter of their community. Our time machine goes in both directions here. So join me 30 years in the past. I just come home from Operation Desert Storm with the U.S. Army as a newly minted combat veteran. I had a few bucks in my pocket and attended this seminar at the Embassy Suites, you know, where you can win a Caribbean cruise, but all you ever walk away with is a set of steak knives, which I still have, by the way. But it was a seminar on purchasing domain names. In the spring of 1991, when nobody owned a computer, nobody knew what the Internet was, and nobody knew what it was going to be. It was the rumor that became the reality. So now let's turn that time machine to the midline here in 2021. Let's go up to the Tesla dealership in Austin, Texas, about 40 miles north of me. If somebody walks into the Tesla dealership this week and purchases a Tesla with cryptocurrency or Bitcoin or some other form of money, I can name about 20 banking brands within a 10-mile radius of that Tesla dealership up in Travis County that just lost out on that business, and that trend is just going to increase and continue, and that's what we're talking about, isn't it, John? Yeah, that's, a, that's absolutely right. I like, again, great, great analogy to the domain names, you know. 
bankers can't afford, you know, pun intended, to, wait, to sit around and wait for regulators to tell them which ones of these tokens or which ones of these cryptocurrencies are going to be the future. What we have to realize, just like the Internet, just like domain names, just like websites, just like um, e-commerce, consumers are already deciding which ones of these technologies and coins, it, you know, domain names if you want, they're going to use and they're going to prefer. And if merchants start accepting those coins, then the consumers will go wherever the value is and wherever the convenience is, even if that's not their bank. Even if it's not your bank or your credit union, while your smart people at your banking brand, especially in the credit union marketplace, are spending their day scrolling through the LinkedIn feed, seeing who can put up the most heartfelt DEI post, the world is changing. The rumor is becoming the reality. The end of Blockbuster started with the first person to take a chance on those weird-looking red envelopes that started arriving in mailboxes across the United States and elsewhere in the early 2000s. History is. You can change with it or you can get changed by it. This is not the time to try to invent a better wagon wheel or a better covered wagon. The world is moving at a pace that if you can't keep up, you will get left behind. The old blockbuster building here in New Braunfels, Texas, Republic thereof, was purchased by Sears, and they're not in business here anymore either. It's a car wash now. And as ever, we thank John for joining us on a special edition of the Power Performance Podcast. Yeah, same to you, Jason. Take care. Well, on a caprice, I called the Tesla dealership up in Austin, Texas, as I was recording the podcast and editing it. Tesla may be the future of automobiles, but their phone system is still trapped in the late 20th century. No big deal. I did get a hold of a real person named Seth who was absolutely wonderful and personable. As of this moment, February 18th, 2021, you cannot purchase a Tesla with Bitcoin, but believe me, someday you will be able to. Is your brand going to walk out with the loyalty of its customers, members, and clients? Or a pair of steak knives. That decision is up to you. COVID-19 was the ultimate time machine. It compressed 10 years of inevitable changes into one. So here we are, banking 2031. My name is Jason Dyes, and until next we speak, we'll talk to you all next week. Take care. And in case you're wondering, yes, Rush Limbaugh had a tremendous impact on me. I listened to his show for 30 years. I was a caller on the show six times. I was a caller of the day twice. I met him briefly in 2001 where he signed the postcard I sent my parents during Operation Desert Storm. He was the first media person that I ever heard use the term email. He used a Mac when the entire world was using a PC. He was the first person to use podcasting and to use this song, which is The Pretenders, which is the first LP, 33 RPM, Google it, millennials, that I ever bought with my own money. And he revolutionized AM radio. If you're one of those haters that never listened to the show, I dare you to do better. Reduce to 